Welcome to Bear Weather Fans, your favorite Chicago Bears podcast. Join myself, Patrick, and Coach Bob as we talk about the Bears on this episode of the Bear Weather Fans. Man, great as always to have the Bear Weather fans band live in the studio. They are, you know, it was tough um, poaching so many players from the Philharmonic Orchestra, but I think it was worth it. Ah, uh, every penny. I also, uh, I heard they're going on tour. Is that right? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Tickets, uh, uh, we'll, we'll get info about the tickets that go on sale. Right, yeah. It's similar to the uh, Bear Weather fans red carpet ceremony. It's... um. Yeah, it's pretty exclusive, I'm yeah. sure, but hey, you know, if you are listening to this, you will probably uh, not get invited because we're very exclusive. But hey. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> this episode <laughs> is our Bear Weather Fans game preview <laughs> where we talk about uh, the upcoming game, week five against the Raiders. Coach Bob is here, of course. I'm Patrick. And of course, we have Ed Obradabot. Uh, it'll bring about, uh, what are you feeling? Just look at what Pace has done with the monies involved and his drafts and his free agents. My God. And then take a look at Nagy. What the hell? Yeah. I think, uh, <laughs> that's an astute point. I feel like his point is more about their physical appearance than their ability to do their jobs because it's all about looking at them. <laughs> look at these. <laughs> uh yeah so yeah so we will get in this game preview one thing that has always irked me probably more than it deserves to is Nagy's mantra his like personal like i don't know his like call to action life is be you which is such a weird thing to have be your central guiding principle of like wouldn't shouldn't it be like be the best or like do what you can you know like something about doing mm-hmm. rather than like the most important thing is my personal identity and because like his actions definitely seem to indicate that he values his own identity uh way too much absolutely and above everyone else's identity <laughs> right so he doesn't really care about you being you because he's just gonna do him right my god i can't even like man I, I can't even imagine if a player had his kind of mentality where it's like, like, hey, uh, Justin, why did why did you keep checking out a run? It's like, well, you know, it's it's, it's, I, it's really it's my thing. I, I'm I'm the QB, so I'm gonna keep throwing it even when it's very clearly should run it. Like, yeah, even when there's an empty box and you called it, <laughs> right. Like all the stats for like the past two years have been like the passing is terrible and the run is like no, mm mm. Uh, yeah. I decided I know best. <laughs> I'm playing for a contract. <laughs> I'm like I don't know. I like tweeted uh at the end of last off season that basically or maybe the start of this one, how Nagy seemed like a lame duck coach. And, uh, his entire staff, like he came into 2018 with like a really 
like renowned staff. Like he was a new guy, he was pretty green, but the rest of his staff was like very well respected between uh Vic Fangio defensive coordinator to um she was the offensive line coach that everyone loved. Um I know who you're talking about. I'm forgetting his name as well. Yeah. Um something yeah, uh, but anyway, the the point being that like he had a very like tenured and respected uh, coaching staff, and now it seems like he's just getting like guys. Like, I mean, Sean Asai's ended up being great, but he was like a quality control coach like two years ago. Was, like, like the guy who inflates the footballs, I think. Like, mm-hmm. all right, he was polishing cleats like in 2019, and now he's our defensive coordinator. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, o line coach was high stand. Yes, Harry High Stand. Thank you. Um, but anyway, we have a Bears-Raiders game to preview. Uh, the Raiders lost to the Chargers this week, uh, 28-14, which is kind of interesting. Uh, and they had a super close overtime game last week. Um, so I don't know. Coach Bob, what do you think is going to happen? Um, this is the least confident I've felt with what's going on. Mm. Um, yeah, so... These Raiders are interesting. So looking through their stuff, they're three and one. Yes, sir. You know, they were undefeated until this week, but they had two overtime wins. So very easily could have gone the other way. And all of a sudden we're looking at a one and three team instead of a three and one team. Mm -hmm. And I feel like those first three wins are over teams that like in my brain, I think are good. And I think they're not as good this year. So, like, for example, the Baltimore Ravens. Coming into this year, I was thinking, like, that's one of the top teams in the NFL. And through the beginning of this season, I have not gotten those vibes from the Baltimore Ravens. Like, they feel fine, like slightly above average, and that's maybe it. And then the Pittsburgh Steelers seem like they have problems. And they seem like Big Ben is kind of old and a liability. (laughs) He hasn't aged quite as gracefully as... The Tom Brady. God, some of those plays. And, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you. But um, no, no, you go ahead. Yeah, yeah, like, go. He used to be able to extend the play so well, and like looking at him now, it looks like like somebody's old grandpa. Like it, it looks like worse. Like what Justin or Jason Peters should look like, where he's like stiffly like hobbling around out there, like trying to go in the flat. And I he, totally like, agree. Like oh my god, it's like it's comical to watch him. Mm-hmm. But instead of like being agile like a quarterback. He's playing rigid like a left tackle. Like, <laughs> right. like these are my two steps, and I'm going to try to push you the other yeah. way. And he's at the shape of yeah, a left tackle. Yeah, not like navigate a pocket. <laughs> yeah. He is. He is the size of a left tackle. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't think the Steelers are what the Steelers have been. And then, like, in my head, like, the Miami Dolphins were a playoff team last year, like 10-6 and six or whatever it is. They are kind of struggling this year, too, where they don't seem nearly as competent. Um, what did they just do this week? Uh, I thought they were not great. Oh, they got beat by the winless Indianapolis Colts. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And um, so the Colts were 0 and 3. And then came in and beat Miami in Miami. And Miami was the team that the Raiders took to overtime last week. And so it's like, 
or you know, two weeks ago or whatever. So it's like, are the are the Raiders that good? Like they were three and zero, but they were they beat uh, a very down, in my opinion, Miami Dolphins team. At least from what I expected of them this season. Like I expected, if if I just look at that without like knowing what I know about this season, Ravens, Steelers, Dolphins are all potentially playoff teams. And now I look at them and I go, they might all three not be playoff teams. And um, it makes a big difference there. Like, you know, even if they're fine or just above fine, they're like the Raiders were squeaking by average teams, which maybe makes them slightly above average, but it's not like they're dominating playoff opponents. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they go and they get smoked this week by the Chargers. And... Like, I think the Chargers are pretty good, don't get me wrong. And the Chargers were at home. But the Chargers were in complete command of that game. And I didn't watch it. I just kind of followed the score. But a 28-14 final, uh, I mean, it got to seven points in the second half, but then the Chargers just stretched it back to 14, and it never changed from there. I don't know. Like, I'm not convinced that the Raiders are that good. Um, Having said that, being, you know, as honest as I can be about the Bears. <laughs> I'm not convinced the Bears are that great. So, like, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it, this is by far the toughest call I'm having of the four games. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm starting to add a little pressure on myself because while I haven't gotten the score right exactly in any of the four games, I've called the winner in all four. True. And this one, I do not feel confident in who's going to win this game. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many question marks, and that's what one of the such one of the amazingly fun things about the NFL season is it's so crazy. It's all out there. Uh, this time last year in Week Five of 2020 season, the Bears beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who won, like went on to win a Super Bowl uh, with like Tom Brady, and the game ended with uh, Tom Brady not knowing what down it was. Like stuff like that. Oh my god, that was so funny. <laughs> Just sitting here, seeing here, yeah. Fourth down? Third down? <laughs> yeah, holding the four up to the sideline. Like, what? Huh? Um, hmm. yeah. But that was the like, that was the moment when I was like, is it getting to him that he's 43 years old? <laughs> and then he won a Super Bowl and I was like, no, it's not. And you found out he had a torn ACL. Like, dear lord. Like, what? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, he's impossible. He, he's, un, yeah, he, he's not possible. But, um, Yes, yeah, so stuff like that happens early in the season. And like your point about the Ravens, where I too was like, oh my God, they're going to be one of the best teams in the league. And then seeing them, yeah, lose, uh, yeah, lose the Raiders like that. And you just don't really know. Um, and then I know the Raider or the Ravens have been close in pretty much every game too, but, um, the Ravens only beat the Lions by two to your point. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's hard to know what to do here. I think. Where I'm looking, uh, is the, uh, the Raiders, their defense is so far middle of the pack by stats. But the Bears have potentially lost some very important players. Uh, number one being probably Dave Montgomery. And, uh, I don't know where Keem Hicks is at, but if he doesn't play, that's huge. Like, I would much rather have Keem Hicks on the field than Eddie Goldman. Oh, I, I'm with you. And yeah, that, that is, uh, something that I didn't get to. Um, but yeah, I, I would say this is a big if, um, my whole pitch about the Oakland Raiders being 
or sorry, Las Vegas Raiders. Now the Las Vegas Raiders <laughs> yeah, right. not being God damn it. as I know. And this isn't even the first year of that move. That was bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to call them the St. Louis Rams. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, uh, like if I knew Hicks was playing, mm-hmm. Montgomery was playing and fields was playing. Mm. I would take the bears. Sure. But I, I'm 98% sure Montgomery is not playing. Yeah, it seems like a safe And I call. don't know, and I don't know about the other two. So there, like to your point, there are so many question marks on the bear side that are huge, yeah. huge. Like, I, I mean, Coach Nagy literally came out and said, if the evaluation on Dalton's knee is good, he's the starter. Like, to me, that changes the whole dynamic of the offense because while at the beginning, you know, when we did our preseason stuff and I talked about how long it was going to take to get um, Justin Fields in there, I was thinking that we are going to, like, grow him and slowly work him in so that he can, you know, come in and kind of not miss a beat. And um, that Andy Dalton would have the veteran presence of, like, I can keep this thing afloat in the meantime. Justin Fields already had the trial by fire experience. <laughs> and I'll say like, like not that it was all his fault or that we would have won the game anyway, but like the, the loss at Cleveland, Justin Fields did not help us win that game. And I, I can actually say, I think that there would, there would have been a more likely chance that we win that game with Andy Dalton. Mm. I think both are incredibly low. Yeah. I think we lose the game either way, but I think it's a higher chance with Andy Dalton. I also think you protect Justin Fields and you don't develop any bad habits. However, he got all that experience. Yeah. Experience that I wouldn't have recommended at the time, but it had to happen. You don't recommend you know uh, I mean? like throwing it, him in with the worst offense. Yeah, the, the nine sack just <laughs> juggernauts. Yeah, yeah. Like, right. So, I mean, and we talked about this, but like while we can really knock it. Like what Andy Dalton does do well is get the ball out really fast. Yeah. And like, I genuinely believe he wouldn't have been sacked nine times. Like he would have just been getting rid of the ball yeah. too quick. I think he would have kept drives alive because of that. I don't think there would have been anything exciting happening, right. but I think the offense would have looked more competent and that's not saying anything. Cause it looked as we mentioned in our other shows as incompetent as we have looked in a long time offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, But again, the course of history led us to Justin Fields did play in that game and he did get all those reps and he did learn from those things, even though it's not the most ideal situation. And then he made huge steps forward against the Lions and showed what he can do that Dalton can't. And for them to now say, oh, it's Dalton, this feels like Coach Nagy's version of my game plan was these 10 plays in a row. And I ran out of plays, but I know that I predetermined that my game plan was this. And I'm not going to adjust at halftime. I'm not going to shift these things. And I'm going to go with my gut here that was predetermined. And it's like, well, your predetermination of Andy Dalton playing in this game should change based on the fact that he's been out with the knee injury. And now Justin Fields has two games of experience. Like 
the information has changed. <laughs> Change your opinion. Like, like you imagine it's okay. <laughs> like you, you're like on a on a flight, and your pilot's like, "Look, I, I predetermined this route here. Like, but there's a hurricane in front of us, and and we can we go a different way? Like, well, I, this is my plan. I predetermined this. So, yeah. Uh, before we took off. <laughs> I thought this was going to be the best move. I know this hurricane <laughs> redirected and is now in our right. path, but <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know um, like that. That's a huge one for me because while I was a, I was an, I was not totally against Andy Dalton starting for several weeks, like almost till the bye is what I had originally said. I think I my guess was eight games barring injury. I will say, had he been healthy, it seems like he'd be starting still through week five, according to Coach Nagy. Um, but at the same time, that's not what happened. And I think everybody I've heard, and I completely agree, has said, well, once you go to fields, you don't go back. Yeah. Like, that's not – you don't change and change back here. Right. And so I, I completely disagree with the switch back to Dalton at this point. But – um I don't think it helps them win the game. I think Akeem Hicks is super valuable. We talk about that all the time, just how many bodies he eats up on the run, how he frees up linebackers for the pass. Um, Actually, we have... Yeah, I mean... That reminds me, yeah. we have a clip um, I'd love to play of him. This is Akeem talking about how he eats up those blocks there. <laughs> yeah, so take that into consideration. That was an ex excellent exclusive you got yeah. from him. Super jealous that yeah, you got to meet him. It. No big deal. I just brought some stuff. And that you live to tell the tale. <laughs> right. Yeah. I had to wear a bear suit, but yeah. 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 You, yeah, you have a lot of good points there. Um, I don't know if I'm qualified to, to judge your points, but I think they're pretty good. Um, but one of the things that you reminded me of is watching the Bengals game where, like, I was complaining all offseason about how every other team was declaring their starter to be their promising young rookie like as the weeks went on and it felt like all of your friends getting dates to like a dance and you're sitting there still without a date and uh, i know you don't have this experience but i had this experience and I'm like oh no like everyone's got one but us like what the hell and uh so seeing us like rolling with dalton was like so it was like part disappointing and also like a little bit embarrassing. Like, no, this is what we wanted. We wanted to go stag. It's fine. <laughs> we wanted to be his friends. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so like, no, we're going as a group. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. And so doing that. And then after all that, like, you know, going the whole off season with Justin Fields, not taking reps with the ones and not being able to practice the playbook and all that stuff. And then throwing him in like game two or whatever. And my wife was like, wait, so what was the point of all that? And like, I don't know. I don't know what the point of that was. So, yeah, it's stuff like that where I agree. Like, now that you have gone this, you've opened this Pandora's box, you cannot close it. But also, Matt Nagy's brain does not go with the normal human rules of logic. This, I understand them. He, uh, something about the, the visor, he has a different cooling coefficient for his brain than mine. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it, I mean, we talked about in in the previous episode just about how I, I think you said it. This was this was Justin Fields' breakout game. This was his like, ooh, I got it. I figured it out. 
the Lions were his slump buster. They were his like, oh, I, I figured out how to do this. Slump buster millionaire. Yeah, and then and then for him to go, oh, yep, that's it, Dalton. <laughs> Say what? Excuse me. Like I, I just I. I'm the hyper athlete that just figured out this game. Right. You, you're going to sit me on the bench? Like, oh, that doesn't make any <laughs> sense. And we talked about, like, I, I genuinely believe that that game that he played was way more impressive than the stat line shows. Which, like, I don't know if Nagy's just looking back at that game and saying, ah, six, you know, six out of 17 passes were incomplete. And, right. uh, you know, he threw an interception and no touchdowns. I don't know. <laughs> like, what were you watching, man? Right. He was throwing bombs all over the field. Everything was accurate. Um, and even when there were incompletions, he was, like, throwing guys open and just wasn't quite being caught. I mean, everything was so impressive. Uh, the poise, the the everything. So um, I, I don't know if I mentioned this in any of the shows. One of the things that I thought he did that I thought was so hilarious was he um, handed a ball off. I think it was to Williams at the end of the game and Williams goes off tackle and he runs behind him <laughs> in case the ball is Hell fumbled. Yeah. yeah. Just like so impressive. Just like, aware, like the only reason you do that is to try to win. Yes. the game. Like that's not a stat thing. Like he, he has to put an effort, not making any blocks just to be there in case somebody punches the ball out. Like, I, I don't know what else he would have been doing it for. Honestly, like he's not a pitch option. He's not a blocker. Like he just is there to try to secure the win. Cause the guy knows how to win. Um, yeah. A lot of unknowns in this game. I, I really, really don't feel comfortable um, with what, with my predictions, because I feel like especially making these predictions as early as we're making them, a lot of this stuff is up in the air right now. Yeah, true. Um, there's probably one game that we should play. Uh, and I want to look at if Montgomery is out, like what our, the rest of our, uh, rushing situation looks like. Um, mm -hmm. so I'm going to give you Montgomery's, uh, stats here. Um, I'm just going to pull these up, make it super inconspicuous. So he had, uh, 23 attempts for 106 yards. Um, what to do? I'll even I'll even give you the math here. It's uh you know about four yards per attempt, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. A little more. Uh, cool, cool. So let's see what to do. Yeah, yeah. I also feel like I remember you saying something like in week one he had like four point five yards per attempt with like four point seven yards after <laughs> contact, something silly like that. Yeah, I haven't seen the advanced stats for this one yet, but like. It's absurd. I feel so bad for him, but also I feel like he's powered by the collisions of opposing defenders. He just like he mm -hmm. only gets stronger. Um, mm -hmm. That was one of his touchdowns. Yes. God, it's so great. And yeah, your your point about uh, Justin Fields is very like Russell Wilsony, and uh, I don't know. I think there are times where to me Montgomery looks like a slender Marshawn Lynch. Like he just, I don't know. Ooh, I like I like that offense yeah, too. Yeah. That'd be a cool office. Hell build. yeah. Um, and I think they would run on the short goal situation. Um, <laughs> so uh, we established, yeah, Dave Montgomery had those 24 attempts. How many attempts, rushing attempts, do you think Damian Williams has? On the season or last week? Um, let's do last week. 
eight. Damn, you were so good at this, man. Yes, sir. He had exactly eight attempts. <laughs> <laughs> I always try to stump you, and I'm always like, well, this this unproved the point I was trying to make. But still. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I, so, yeah, he had, um, yeah, he had eight attempts. <laughs> and then um, we had uh, Khalil Herbert, too. Mm-hmm. Um so, I will say Williams had uh, over six yards per attempt, which is awesome. But I think it's a little bit skewed because he wasn't the featured back. Um, if I let's see, let me pull this up correctly. Uh, Khalil Herbert, do you want to guess how many attempts he had last week? Three. <laughs> yes, no, sir. shut up. Damn, he's good. Seven yards over three attempts. <laughs> well, that was two very lucky guesses in a row. That's incredible. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, Herbert was averaging over two yards per attempt. That's also skewed, not very big sample size. But I just, yeah, I think the the problem is with laser is the offense looks very – it looks like Seahawks with Russell Wilson. It's like, all right, we have a dude who can bomb it, and he's very accurate, but we want to have, like, a run-first offense. And uh, so that only works if you have a – viable run game. And without Montgomery, I don't know if they do. I Um, I will go as far as to say I don't think they do. (laughs) And watching the game, it's the same thing exactly as you're saying. Williams may have had more yards per attempt than uh, Montgomery. Mm -hmm. But when I watched the game, Montgomery was so much more impressive. Yes. Like, every run was more decisive. It was more impressive. Williams, I don't remember exactly his eight carries, but I feel like what happened was on one or two of them, he popped a good run on a huge hole. And then that carried up his average to six because he had like one or two on eight carries. And he yeah, he popped one for like 15 when like somehow like everything broke open and he didn't have to do much. And I felt like he like overdanced the play as it was and like took negative yards at the end of that 15 yards and almost fumbled the ball because it was the end of the game. And they were only going for the strip instead of the tackle, which contributed to part of why he got so many yards. But, yeah, I I was less impressed with them by far than David Montgomery. I am not confident uh, in their ability to run the ball even remotely as effectively without him. And it makes a big difference because, like, if you're, you know, getting – like, I feel like Montgomery, when he was getting hit – was still able to get three, four yards a pop. Well, when you're doing that, you're getting to third and short. And I'm afraid that those three to four yards a pop, when you get the lesser back, turns into two yards. And now <laughs> yeah. you're getting into third and long. Yeah. And you can't really commit to the run when you're getting two yards instead of four yards. And it doesn't seem like that big of a difference, but it's the difference between like being able to do it or not and being able to keep the drive alive or not. And... I, I'm really afraid that it's going to go one-dimensional, and then to compound that, I'm worried that that one dimension is not going to be Justin Fields. Yeah, I think so. There are it's like one or two more points I wanted to make, and then we can put some points on this. Uh, the one thing I'll say is that there's been a lot of talk this offseason, especially with Nagy's offense, of RPOs and just run options, because uh, that was something that was huge with Nagy when he got into uh, the Bears. 
but with the blazer calling the plays, uh, Bill Laser, uh, sharp as a blade, has a laser. Uh, <laughs> he is more, yeah, again, more Seahawksy. And um, one kind of criticism that Justin Fields had even before the draft was that his throwing motion is a little bit slow. He has like kind of a, a big windup type thing, or it's not terrible, but it's like it's a little bit. It's Russell Wilsony, and um, Russell Wilson is somebody who, despite being a very good athlete and legit running threat, he doesn't do a lot of uh, options that way. And part of it is because the timing is hard to get right when you take a little bit longer to throw. Um, it's just like I think that's one of a couple of reasons, and I'd love for you to comment on this, but. Um, in general, it seems like Justin Fields is really ju- Russell Wilson-y, but with better pocket presence. Like, all right, I know I'm right, hyping him up so much. He's started two games, and one of them was a t- catastrophe. But, like, <laughs> he really seems to have comfort in the pocket, and he he hangs in there and really, like, goes for it in a way that um, we don't see with Russell Wilson as much. He's more, like, you know, hit the top of his drop, bounce, and then look for something out of the side of structure. Anyway, that is to say that although... You would think he would, uh, Justin Fields would be a great, um, option QB, like, uh, lots of run options, lots of, uh, RPOs. I don't think that really is his bag. And, uh, so I think we're going to see a lot of shot plays and play action. And, uh, in general, there's not going to be a lot of short passing. I think it's either going to be, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a run or bomb, and there's not going to be a lot in between. Yeah, I think, um, I'm not positive, but I think he will be able to develop that shorter passing game. Um, I think he's got it. Uh, I think what it is about him right now, but I, I get your point. Let me address that first of the longer throwing motion and run pass option. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a really quick decision because you're committing so much time to selling the run that you need to have like, they were showing um, in the game like earlier, like the quick releases in the NFL are like 0.32 seconds or whatever. <laughs> and if he's considerably slower than that, which is, I mean, that's so fast. It's insane yeah. um, that it just might not work for him in terms of his rhythm where a play action pass would let him get his rhythm and throw a nice pass um, or even just shotgun where he just has time to make the throw. Um, but where where I was going with this is, even if that isn't his strength, he has so many strengths. And yeah. I, um, I, I fully believe while, you know, a faster release is better in terms of just looking at fast versus slow release. I, like I said earlier, um, or was in another episode, but it was, it was recently I was talking about um, just being good at football Like Justin Fields has shown at every level he's good at football and like having a slower release doesn't prevent him from making the throw. What's, what's ultimately important in my mind is he can throw anywhere on the field because he's got a cannon and he can throw accurately. And I think he's shown that he can also appropriately implement touch. So he does all those things really well. So that's why I think he'll be able to hit like, the slants and the everything else over the middle. Um, but because he's so talented, I think he looks for the big play first. Yeah. Like the slant becomes like the check down or the running back becomes the check down after the big play. He gave it a chance to develop. Um, and I think that is an area where he'll have to improve where like, let's say we're playing Cleveland 
you can't let the big play develop because you don't have time. So you do have to take the slant. So your first read has to be the 10 yard slant. And I think he's fully capable of doing that. But to your point, not necessarily out of a run pass option, but just like Aaron Rodgers does where you get the snap, you make your read and you make a good accurate throw. I think he can do all those things in under two and a half seconds where the rush will not get to him. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter that his release is half a second instead of 0.32 seconds because <laughs> he can still do that in under two and a half total seconds easily. Yeah. Um, and I think he'll be able to do all that. I just don't think they have done that with him yet. I think they like taking shots with him because he can. And I think they like, you know, pounding the run game and then saying, Oh, sell this time to take a look. And the thing is he's so stinking good. He's been able to take those shots so often that it like, seems like he can only throw long. And it's like, well, I mean, when they're successful that often, what are we doing? Um, (laughs) Right. Like, why would you not? Yeah. But you know, when they start getting glued, okay, take the check down. And the thing is once those plays develop like that, and you actually are that legitimately threatening down the field, Checkdowns turn into 15-yard plays because you've stretched the defense so deep that, like, the running back out of the backfield, it basically, if they beat a linebacker, which happens a lot, it, there's nobody left because the safeties and corners have been drawn so deep downfield that they can't. They have to come so far back to make the play. Um, where if you make the checkdown right away, you know you're only getting five yards because nobody got sucked deep into the play. So. I don't know. I think I think that'll all come with him growing at the position and them learning how to use him, but I don't think we're there, you know, two and a half games in or whatever it is for him. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, the um stretching on the defense is a huge one. Like such it's such a snowballing cascading problem against the Browns where it's like Nagy was terrified of calling deep shots because the QB didn't have time. And then you wound up with a bunch of, like, you know, linebackers and cornerbacks who are just sitting on, like, little curls and slants. It's like they're so aggressive that you couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I think Blazer doesn't go that route. I think we see some shot plays. And to your point, like, he was hitting those deep because they were working. And he might do some more checkdowns this game. He probably won't have almost 13 yards per attempt because that's an absurd number. But I think it's <laughs> <That's he's>... ridiculous. <laughs> Which is funny because we were laughing, like going into the season about like, yeah, like he was averaging like 10 yards per attempt or whatever, like something silly, like a very high yards per attempt. Like, well, obviously he's not going to do that in the NFL. And then like his first like good game starting, was like 13. Like, okay. Uh. But I want to say like the leading quarterback on any given year is not 10. Right? Like, league-leading yards per attempt is, like, ballpark 10. Yeah. 13 is, so. like, it, it would it would shatter the NFL. <laughs> they, they would have to start throwing more than 17 times a game. Yeah, right now the season leader is Russell Wilson with 9.6 yards per attempt. That sounds um, exactly what it would be. Yeah. So. And it's funny that you say the season leader is Russell Wilson. And, yeah. Hmm. You just talked about how similar their games are. <laughs> yes, sir. We'll see, man. Well, I'm ready to put some points on this. I I'll go first. Okay. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna say 17-14 Bears. It's I love it. I love it. Is this five in a row for you? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, like all right. So here's the. Thing. You're such a good fan. You're <laughs> such a good fan. We established like. 
I mean, football's so crazy. Like we mm-hmm. just established that the Bears beat the Super Bowl champions last year. They like, did. In like in 2017, um, they the, the 2017 or 20 no 2016 later whatever I think it's 2017 season opener. Um, after the Falcons had just lost the Super Bowl, like they got within like like three points of uh, the Bears again. Like the Bears lost, but it was like less than a one score game. It was like uh, I don't anything can happen, especially these early weeks where it's all madness. Like. I, the Bears absolutely can win any of these games, you know? I am completely with you that the Bears can win this game. <laughs> um, it's possible. And not only is it possible, I would have picked the Bears oh. if I knew Fields was starting. Oh. If I knew uh, Hicks was starting. Yeah. And I don't know if I would have needed Montgomery to play because I'm feeling like he's not playing. I will tell you, like, in my original notes for this, I had, and this is not my pick, but I had 24-21 Bears. (laughs) Interesting. Okay. I am afraid that the Bears are going to be missing too much and that they will not be able to win this game. And I'm switching my pick to... Based on everything we've said, there's too much uncertainty on the Bears for me. I'm going. Twenty four seventeen Raiders. Okay. Well, you are so we excommunicated both, from the podcast, we, and yeah, uh, we both fans. have seventeen for the Bears. Yeah. True. Yeah. So that uh, part's similar. Yeah, fans, feel free to email Bob at LoserTrader at uh, BandFromThePodcast.com. Um, no, that's a totally fair prediction, and you have been closer on all of your predictions <laughs> than me, so I, you know, that's probably fair. You definitely got closer on the Browns game than I did. Um, <laughs> I, will, I will also say, didn't you call one point Bears win? So at least it was, you made it close. Like, you acknowledged <laughs> yes. that they were losing, but you called Bears. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll say, just like always, I hope everybody knows, uh, I am polling for the Bears. I am not oh, polling yeah. for my score predictions. Right. I am polling for the Bears to win these games. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going with what I think is going to happen on the score prediction. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think we're too beat up. That would 24, be 17 Raiders. That would be but just God, incredible. But God, I hope the Bears win. I want to be wrong. I want to yeah. be more wrong than I've ever been. I love the disclaimer of, like, that would be incredible if, like, you do this podcast for like hours a week. You have all this information, like <laughs> historical knowledge of the franchise from your kids. You're like, yeah, I don't really care for the Bears that much. I kind of hope that <laughs> be amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm pulling for the Raiders this week. I didn't even know what city they played for, but <laughs> <laughs> call them the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I mean, that's fair, man. I will say, like, if you were to make a list of, like, the – five most important Bears players. I'd say they are potentially missing, like, three Three. of them. Yeah, that that can't be. If we were, like, the Super Bowl contending fill-in-the-blank, I'd say, man, it's tough to lose three of the top five most important players. Yeah. When we're, like, fighting to be ahead of the middle of the road, (laughs) losing three of the five most important players really feels like it's a loss. And that's where yeah. I, that's where I'm sitting. And like I said, I, first of all, I hope Justin Fields plays yeah. mainly because I just want to watch him play. 
I it's hope so Akeem cool. Hicks plays and that he shuts down the Raiders and we win a close, low-scoring game like you predicted. Um, I'm just worried without him, we can't slow down Derek Carr. Um, and I think their tight end is Waller. He's really good. Um, and and I'm worried that we don't play Justin Fields, so we lose some of the big play points and we dink and dunk down the field. I don't know where I heard that. Dink and dunk, dink and dunk. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, you know... We end up kind of going low scoring. Yeah, but it, interesting. I don't know. Obi, what do you have to say about that? Had a chance to let it out, attack, and make a statement. And you play scared to death football, dink and dunk, dink and dunk. Interesting. Okay. That's where I heard it, oh, and yeah. it sure feels like if we start Andy Dalton, we're going to play scared to death football <laughs> and dink and dunk. And not score many touchdowns and limit how many points we can put on the board. And that's right. where I'm afraid. Yeah. Okay. But good God, I hope the Bears win. All right. Ed O'Bredabot, what are your what's your quarter by quarter score prediction? First quarter, no touchdowns. Second quarter, no touchdowns. Third quarter, no touchdowns. Fourth quarter, no touchdowns. You gotta be kidding me. Interesting. Okay. That's a bad take. We're gonna score touchdowns. Yes, we are. Maybe, maybe two touchdowns. <laughs> I'm going, I, well, because I said seventeen, I'm going two touchdowns. There you go. Yeah, but but I was also afraid that maybe we go a few field goals and then get a get a two point conversion or something to get us to seventeen. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I'm mostly excited from the Raiders to see Marcus Mariota. I don't know if he's back from his quad injury, but I want to see him for some wacky play where he plays better than Carr and they bench him again. Um, yeah, we'll see, man. Wait, wait, we got to score. <laughs> um, yeah, is there anything else you want to say before we head out? I think I am all good. Thank you. All righty. Um, well, I think we're going to wrap up here then. Uh, yeah, I'll just say if you're hey still listening, we appreciate it. Um, I know that we're the Bear Weather Fans podcast, but we like to think that you're the Bear Weather Fans. Um <laughs> Let's see here. We have, is there anything you want to plug besides our usual? Just the usual is good for me. Okay. You'll be shocked to learn that the uh, CDC hotline is not 1-800-CDC, um, but there's four more digits there. No, but if you are um, someone who is not yet vaccinated, uh, please consider getting vaccinated against COVID-19. Uh, there is a CDC hotline you can call, 1-800-CDC-INFO. That's 232-4636. They will answer your questions about the COVID vaccine. It's FDA approved. It's safe. You could save the people around you by getting this vaccine if you haven't already. Uh, otherwise, thanks for listening. And bear down. Bear down.